and welcome to the Commons Good Podcast, where we'll talk stewardship and starting points for learning and acting together to ensure all people and places are thriving, no exceptions. I'm your host, Stacey Wegley, and this podcast is brought to you in partnership by our teams at Community Initiatives and the Institute for People, Place, and Possibility, stewards of the Community Commons. I was excited to be able to sit down with Justice Horn, the All-America City John Parr Youth Award winner out of Kansas City, Missouri in late 2021. This award recognizes extraordinary civic engagement and leadership on the part of a young person in their community. Justice was recognized for his racial justice advocacy, law enforcement reform, tenant and houseless equity, and environmental sustainability. Justice serves as the LGBTQ Commission Chair for Kansas City, Missouri, and has begun a campaign to become a Jackson County Legislator. If successful, he would be the first openly gay person of color elected to local office in Kansas City, Missouri. Justice believes in the need for representation and the value of community voice to identify their most pressing issues and the solutions. Let's hear more from Justice. Justice, I'm just absolutely delighted to be able to spend some time with you today and to be able to hear more about who you are and the uh, just tremendous work um, that you're engaged in there in Kansas City. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet. I know one of the places that we often like to start is just hearing a little bit more about you and we just, uh, we know how important the places are that we grow up and the people who surround us that sort of really help shape, you know, who we are and who we become. And was wondering if you might share a little bit um, about sort of the beginning of your story. Yeah, so um, thanks for having me on again. Uh, my name is Justice Horn. I grew up here in the Kansas City metro area, was actually born and raised in Blue Springs, Missouri. It is about 20 minutes outside of Kansas City. So grew up there, went to high school there, played football, track and field, and then uh, would go on to college to wrestle at the collegiate level at the NCAA. And then um, while doing that, would get involved with activism there locally in the state of South Dakota, and then would come back and finish out a year and a half and serve as student body president at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. And just recently here graduated and uh, continuing to show up the best way I can here in the community. That's fantastic and super eager to dig mm-hmm. in and learn more about some of those ways that you're, you know, creating change and uh, contributing and giving back. Would love to start perhaps by having you offer a time um, when you, you know, felt especially, um, you know, engaged in your community's civic life and, you know, what that looked like for you. Yeah, so I would say here recently, um, and being a part of the Black Lives Matter movement here in the Kansas City metro area, and then still seeing and the need to translate that into policy action. I think uh, the time I felt the most change in the community as well as uh, the need for change in the community was when working with our local council people, Councilman Robinson, as well as Ellington to make Juneteenth uh, uh, not only a holiday in Kansas City, but a paid holiday city employees. Um, I felt that that was absolutely important and it was passed by city council and just how it felt and, 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 and how fast it went in the community was, I mean, it spoke for itself. It inspired a lot of people. It, it, 
push people to get educated on the issue, as well as finally seeing uh, our history be recognized and celebrated. Yeah, powerful. As there are others who are listening in and um, young professionals who sort of see, you know, the direction that they want to go, see what they want to create, wondering if you might offer a little bit about some of the steps um, sort of along the way that made, you know, getting that, that policy officially on the books, what was necessary? Um, so first and foremost, creating relationships. I think it is, if you're going to be in, in community service or public life, it is a scary thing, but it's important to throw yourself out there and get to learn uh, and meet new people and, and really be confident in your being. Uh, no one's an expert on anything, but relationships will get you to a lot of the places you need to be, as well as finding allies along the way. So my word of advice would be to create relationships, to be the, uh, in the community. Yeah, appreciating that. Right. So they often heard the phrase uh, life or sort of change happens at the speed of trust. Mm-hmm. I understand that sort of one of the other tremendous milestones for you was during your late college years and coming out um, as a gay man and a NCAA athlete and wondering how that shaped your experience of belonging and inclusion. Yeah, so it, it, it showed me that there's always uh, an importance of representation, and that is with community initiatives, project, and or things to better the community. It's important to bring as many people as long as you can, as well as just the power of representation is important. And when people look at community initiatives, projects, if they see someone from the community, uh, as well as represented of their community, I think that they're more willing to get behind things as well as feel like that this is actually a project that is going to better me. Um, So I think that has showed me the importance of representation, why it's so important to include everyone, as well as make sure every stride initiative and campaign is as inclusive as possible. How's that experience to date and the message that you carry to others about being sort of and living in their own authenticity? How's that influencing your work today? Uh, it just makes sure that that the intentions are always there, um, that we are trying to include. We may not always get it right, but that our intentions are there. So I think no matter if you're right or wrong, if your intentions are there to do the right thing, to include people and to make sure that they're being seen, um, that's really showed that every, every aspect needs to be authentic uh, as well as uh, include everyone. One of the other pieces that just of your work that really stood out to me was the work you've done to help create a uh, commission, mm-hmm. uh, an LGBTQ plus commission there in Kansas City. And mm-hmm. as you name, you know, intentionality and sort of the opportunity to create this body that's, you know, perhaps being more intentional around uh, LGBTQ plus needs. What are your hopes there? What are some of the aspirations um, or goals of the commission? Yeah, so it is just making sure that uh, the LGBTQ community here in Kansas City has a seat at the table, while also for a long time, I was kind of the point person for LGBTQ issues here in Kansas City, but my limited experience doesn't represent the entire community. So I thought a 13 member commission would better serve as more of a reflection of the diverse uh, people that make up our community. So I think it is yet another example of 
me trying to not only see strides individually for our community, but also bring others along with me and expand out the experience uh, as well as the representation. Yeah. Where did the idea of a commission as uh, a body to be focused on this work, um, how did that come to be? Um, it, it was my idea. It, it, it is kind of a six, seven uh, makeup where you have six representatives who come from the six city council districts and here in Kansas City. So you not only have a location diversity, but as well as a seven uh, other commissioners specialized in education, public safety, healthcare, business, as well as housing. So making sure we are trying to hit every part of our community uh, while also making sure that we are being as diverse and as inclusive as possible. And what are some of the things over the next, say, five years that you all are hoping that the commission um, might achieve? Yeah, so hopefully here in the near future, having uh, a perfect 100 uh, score on the human rights campaign uh, equality municipal index. Kansas City has historically in the past fell short of, of receiving a perfect 100. So we're, we're trying to make up the policies we fall behind on. And, and making sure that we're moving towards that, as well as, I mean, that's the bare minimum, it's the equality index. So making sure we're fostering a community as well as hopefully continuing to make our city a regional leader when it comes to welcoming LGBTQ people, not only in the Midwest, as well as a, a state that has historically targeted our community, as well as a region that has been infamous uh, for conversion therapy so we think about trying to engage folks in this type of work you were naming, you know, the sort of six, seven, so six um, are, you know, somewhat built in uh, because they've already committed themselves to public service. And as a part of the commission, what has it looked like for you to um, sort of expand and, um, you know, drive engagement for this commission or some of the other work? It's without a doubt that we know how to move as a collective, as well as decisions and initiatives are better calculated because there are more people at the table. Uh, when we act, it is exactly what the community wants. And that is, again, uh, why it's so important that the intentions are there. Not only are we out there, we're listening to the community, but when we do act, it is exactly what the community needs. So when it is accomplished, it does exactly what it's intended to do. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about um, how the work has been received? Um, what your relationships with some of your businesses as you all, mm -hmm. you know, are strive uh, toward that 100 score? Yeah, so we've had a lot of positive feedback. Not only are we breaking down silos in the LGBTQ community because we have 60 plus organizations that are doing phenomenal work, but there's not a lot of co collaboration as well as a sense of community. So really right now what we're doing is getting our own house in order, creating and fostering a community within our own community, as well as on the outside, a lot of our allies, businesses, and community stakeholders have been nothing but supportive of us. Um, obviously we get some of the negative feedback on Facebook comments or when the news reports something we do, that that's always gonna happen, but we are doing a lot of good work that is being felt throughout the community because we're in the community. Um, and then that's why a, a lot of what we're doing is so meaningful. Yeah, it's absolutely tremendous. I know that there are so many divides around the country in a variety of ways, and you really appear to be a, a bridge builder um, across those divides. And 
I'm wondering where you're seeing opportunities um, at the moment to bridge what divides us. Yeah, so I would say without a doubt on LGBTQ issues, and as well as here recently, uh, when it comes to public safety, uh, that is uh, an issue that is being felt throughout the community, as well as, uh, and more importantly, here in the Black community, how we move forward as a, as a not only community, but as a region, as well as a country. Because obviously what's in place right now is not working, continues to put people into the system and, and not really get them back into being productive citizens, but it's, it's a machine that's not working. So I think there is an appetite for new age initiatives, more preventative initiatives, as well as what public safety for the future looks like. Uh, because public safety and the welfare of our community is touches everyone. Yeah, you're so right. Would love to hear um, a little more around your thoughts for that. It, uh, how does that show up as an area perhaps of, of common ground, um, you know, and for sort of serving the whole community? Yeah, so I, I think it's, it's important in all aspects of our community as well as an in industry. I think what we do not only as a society, as a country as we're too reactionary. I think if we were more preventative with our resources, with our care, instead of waiting until things are at, at least their worst, uh, I think that, that that comes to housing, healthcare, public safety, education. It is important that we put more money and resources on the front end so we're more preventative than the house is on fire. We need to react now and, and, and really much more uh, and historically, we've been we've seen that we spend more money being reactionary. So it is um, after school programs, uh, funding education, access for uh, those who get out of jail that are formerly incarcerated to have good job placement, uh, as well as education, making sure we're opening the door of education to everyone. So I, I think it is important that we are preventative, that we are putting more resources on not only not stopping crime, but preventing crime. That's the conversation we need to have. Yeah. What perhaps are some of the ways that you're engaging in or you know, seeing your community talk about some of these issues as, you know, as a way for moving them forward? How's that showing up for you? Yeah, so I, I think our biggest hurdle right now would be getting over the issue of this is an us versus them issue. I've said throughout uh, my time in the community, as well as being in this work, that public safety is an issue that uh, affects everyone in this community. It is an issue we should all care about as well, and an issue that we should all be making our own problem. Uh, so I think that's kind of our number one issue right now, is seeing and getting everyone at the table to make this a priority and an issue, because it is in our community. Yeah. Are there bright spots um, within your community or around the country that you've been looking to that um, are helping sort of light the way, if you will? Yeah, I, I would say, uh, especially when it comes to public safety, a model uh, in not only Nebraska, but as well as the city of Chicago, where they have put a lot of funding into more preventative care, um, social services, and as well as uh, having staff that specialize in things, I, I think is important that we are more uh, targeted on how we use our funding as well as what people are specifically responding to. I think just having officers respond to uh, everything from evictions, domestic abuse, uh, 
people who may be struggling with mental illness or physical altercations or assault, I think that there needs to be more of a specialization on what is the role of our public servants. Uh, and there needs to be more investment in people who specialize in specific things. What are ways that um, you're currently engaging perhaps with other young professionals um, around the country, learning from them or sort of engaging in, in conversation that's helping um, inform your priorities these days? I think Kansas City is very particular in its, in its habits as well as its ways. Even just across the way, St. Louis is very different from Kansas City. So I would say more, I keep a lot of what I believe in is a lot of my work local because I think that's where the most change happens and where it needs to happen. Yeah. You have some other sort of big things ahead for you. Uh, did I, am I following correctly that you've stepped up to run for a local office? Yep. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about your um, hopes for that work and as a sort of a medium for some of the changes you'd like to see? Yeah. Um, so I here recently announced I plan to seek uh, the Jackson County Legislature for District 1. I would be uh, the youngest elected as well as the first person of color to sit in this seat. Um, I'm running because I think that a lot of our generation here in Kansas City doesn't have a seat at the table, as well as there needs to be a lot more urgency on a lot of the issues I've worked on uh, that need to be uh, implemented at the county level. I'm going to reach back um, perhaps just a bit to the All-America City nomination you received. Mm -hmm. And again, congratulations on mm -hmm. being Thank recognized you. for your leadership. One of the other uh, areas that you stepped into and in what was mm -hmm. just such a tremendously challenging year with COVID was really to um, lift up and to recognize um, those in your community that you were losing to COVID-19 and was yeah. wondering if you might share a bit about that work. Yeah, so um, it's obviously a, a tough, tough time for those nationally, but especially here in the Kansas City Metro. Um, we have a government at the state level as well as the county level that didn't wanna issue mass mandates or really take this issue serious, as well as there was kind of a, a concern on how vaccines were being distributed. So here in Kansas City, I mean, we felt very alone as well as uh, we were going to be our own leaders here. Uh, so here recently uh, got together with Chrissy Dashrup, a close friend of mine, and we held a COVID memorial where we put out uh, white flags for every Kansas City that was lost to COVID. Uh, and that was really important to the community. It was felt in, in by everyone in the community, and it showed that these are actual people, these are our neighbors who live in our community, and that this issue is still ongoing and it's so not, it's not too far from our shore that's happening here in our community. Uh, so I think it served its purpose of not only reminding people that we're still in this, but that this issue is as local as local can get. Yeah. COVID-19 uh, was tremendously uh, difficult and sort of the dual pandemic that you, you know, raised or the increased sort of calls for racial justice. Wondering what else um, this past year has taught or perhaps highlighted um, for you um, in sort of what's needed. What are you learning there? Yeah, so I would say with not only uh, COVID as well as uh, social unrest, as well as representation. I think a lot of the people we have 
either empowered or elected in the past need to be held to a higher standard. They're public servants, that they need to be accessible, transparent, as well as doing exactly what's good for the community. I think what we've seen in, in, in kind of the bleed of social unrest, COVID, as well as how partisan we are, that there's really a disconnect from politics and public service. Um, so I think that's what's really, I've learned this past year and that's something I'm gonna take with me. That's tremendous. And if elected to this position and or, you know, your future positions, you named the partisanship, what are ways that you're hoping to live in uh, to perhaps create a more transpartisan um, approach to our governing? Yeah, so I, I think it's important that we are seeing and, and getting behind issues that are felt uh, by every aspect of the community that is from advancements uh, for the LGBTQ community, as well as uh, public safety or, or just community investment. I think that is something we can all get behind. Uh, we may have different ideals of how we get there, but th that, that is an issue that first gets people to the table to have a conversation, as well as be there to kind of create the community they want to see as well. I can see from your you know, leadership and work as the president of um, the student government for your university, that really you've provided some mentorship um, to others along the way. And I'm wondering who stands out for you as a mentor? Yes, yeah, so I would say without a doubt, it is uh, Chrissy Dashrup. She is uh, the chief of staff of Councilman uh, Eric Bunch here in Kansas City, as well as a close friend of mine. She has been a, a very a good mentor to me as well as not only professionally but personally and just how to grow. I think that is why I've made such fast strides uh, at such a young age and, it, and, I, and I have her to thank for that. Yeah, right. It always takes uh, so many as we build mm -hmm. and create ourselves and um, community. If you were to look out over the next um, decade and sort of be writing the headlines of the future for your community a decade from now, what might those headlines say? I hope that they would say we've seen either an 80 or 90% reduction in homicide rate or, or slangs here in our city. I think we need to make tough decisions now. We need to make transformative change now that yes is scary because we don't know, uh, but what's even scarier is with the current system and policies we have in place, we're gonna keep breaking records. We're gonna keep uh, breaking last year's homicide record here in our city. So I think we need to be open to change uh, and we need to see the urgency for change. So I hope that we are in a decade, uh, we may not like it now, it's tough now, but that we will see uh, that we will be over the hill. How do you think about bringing community together in the sense of sort of the variety of other community stewards who have the opportunity to step up, whether they be individuals or organizations and systems in your community? Yeah, so yeah, I, I think it's important with any community initiative or campaign or, or thing we're going for always seeing the opportunity to place someone from the community to empower someone from the community because uh, that is now empowering them with the tools and the experience to do that on their own. So I think in everything we're doing, always including the community, a community member, because now that's experience and tools they have 
to continue to advocate and move forward themselves. What are some of the forms that it's taking in which that you're gaining community feedback at, at this point? So it would be all the way from making sure people are part of the planning process to making sure that they're testifying on behalf and or that they're giving input on a policy we're going for. So it could look different on a, a different type of scale and how community engagement looks. Yeah. And how are those voices influencing where those policies land? Uh, they, they're, they're number one in, in influence. And I really believe why it's so important to include community members is because people who live in their community knows what's best for their community. So again, going back to intentionality, it is making sure that we're moving as a collective and it's exactly what the community wants. And that's why it, when it's implemented, when it's passed or when it's achieved, it is uh, felt throughout the community because it's exactly what was needed. So appreciate that justice. Um, so important um, and glad that we're really starting to see some, some growth um, again, that living into that intentionality mm -hmm. um, in communities around the country. As you sort of look forward for yourself, what are, um, what are some of your hopes for your family, um, your neighbors? I, I would just, uh, for us to uh, be able to heal and celebrate one day, I think things are a little crazy and we're still kind of going through the thick of it. We're still in, in, in the forest right now, but I hope that we can finally one day get out of it and be able to heal one day. So appreciate that. Wondering for those of us who sort of, you know, came before, who um, helped create the environment um, and the sort of, you know, community context in which you, you know, are inheriting and sort of the starting place for your life and your work. Um, what else would you like to see us doing? I don't even want to say create pathways. I mean, you, you all are blazing and it's, you know, it's in time in so many ways for us to follow, but in what ways would you like perhaps um, some yeah, of so, those who came before to, to, to walk with you? Um, yeah. So I, I would say even here personally in Kansas city in our communities, as well as speaking uh, with the other nominees of this award is really don't let the fact that we're youth, that we're young, uh, deter us from holding leadership roles, from being at the table, because uh, this is our future as well. Uh, this is our community as well. Uh, and, and we have a big stake in this, in this community as well. So making sure that although young people shoot from the hip, we are uh, young and energetic, we still need mentorship and abilities to learn, as well as you got to get experience somehow. I think there's always a push that young people don't have experience and it's like, well, we need to start somewhere <laughs> and give us that opportunity to start somewhere. Right. Without the opportunity to gain experience, one cannot get experience. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so appreciating our, again, opportunity to connect today and um, perhaps leaving on a bit of a practical note, um, if you were to offer sort of uh, two pieces of advice um, to other young people who feel passionate about something, but have been perhaps, you know, a little shy or, you know, um, concerned or nervous about sort of leaning yeah. into that, um, what might you offer? Yeah, so I think first and foremost, uh, taking a hard look in the mirror and knowing who you are, knowing what's important to you, 
and, and fighting for that. I mean, get behind and work on something that you wake up every single day and that you would even do for free. Um, and that's something I do. I love doing this work. I love community work. I love uh, fighting for black policy or LGBTQ policy or, and, and just frankly, just uh, community policy. That's what it's about. Uh, so find what's important for you and, and chase after that. Um, either find those who are doing that work, collaborate with them. And if you don't see anyone doing that work and or anyone that looks like you doing that work, I mean, go after it. Uh, we need leaders uh, at all local levels. And I think second, uh, it's really with after looking at yourself and knowing what you love is you gotta be the first person that believes in yourself. Um, Cause sometimes there are gonna be people who feel you can sit in this position lead this initiative or be a part of this big change, but it has to be you continuously pushing yourself and saying, I believe in myself, this is what I love and I'm valid in this uh, and I'm gonna take that and run with that. And after you know yourself, people can see that and that's when people see leaders and people will follow. I think that that's sound advice at any age. Mm -hmm. So appreciate again, our time together mm -hmm. today. Um, and just wishing you the best um, as you continue on your journey. I'm sure there'll be much more to come and we look forward to continuing to learn from you, Justice. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Commons Good Podcast. Check out the show notes to learn more about the All-America John Parr Youth Award and Justice Horn's local work to expand community voice and create communities where all know they belong. If you haven't already, subscribe to be notified when the next episode airs. We believe people working together build better communities and invite you to share the podcast with your fellow changemakers.